You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I don't know if you guys, you know, like know this or whatever, but we've got like 25 days until training camp starts. Forget all this like 60-some days until football nonsense. Thursday, July 25th, 10.15 a.m., son. And as meaningless as all the information might be that we get, it's still awesome. And it's the official start, because from that point on, it's just football. 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 30th, 31st, 1st, 2nd, 4th, then the 5th and 6th are the Houston Texans games, and then the 8th, boom, preseason with the Texans. But we're not done. 10th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 18th, 19th, 20th, although not public, 22nd, our third preseason game. That one's in Canada. 25th, 6th, 7th, they're not public. This is where I start to lose my mind. And then the 29th, we go up against the Chiefs. So so the point is, 25 days and this train starts rolling, man. And the funny thing is, I'm surviving right now with no football. I'm going to be a basket case on, you know, Monday the 29th because there's no practice on that day. Like it's four straight days and then there's a day off. And I, I remember last year where it's just like, what, in the, what am I supposed to do today? <laughs> I, I feel like I should just sleep in all day because there's no point in waking up. So just, just, you know, just a reminder and then we can go back to forgetting football even exists because that's when stuff starts getting crazy. That's when you start getting the live updates picked by Darnell Savage. Aaron Rodgers threw his 13th interception. Oh no, what happened to Rodgers? Right, that whole routine. I can't wait. I can't wait for the excitement. I can't wait for the panic of people saying, why is so-and-so so bad? I can't wait for the elation of, all oh, this guy's going to be a freak because he did something really good in, in training camp and nobody cares except me and I'm going to freak out about it. And then you got the people immediately following after him saying, you're dumb, these don't matter, right? The this doesn't matter crew is just like at your heels all the time. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful time of year. And then I try to strike a balance between being excited but also telling you not to be excited. He's really awesome except... He's my, maybe not, because it doesn't mean anything, but still, that was pretty cool, right? Which is a fun little dance. But anyways, uh, let's take a little bit of a break and uh, chat about a few things, shall we? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So in the Facebook group, Ross posted a thing about uh, Jalen Thompson. There's been some talk about him. He's going to be sort of the coveted piece uh, in the supplemental draft. Usually every year there's kind of one guy and it's a matter of who's going to get him and when and all that kind of stuff. Um, his position is a little bit kind of iffy in my mind. It's, it says here safety, and I think he's largely seen as a safety. But I know he also plays a good amount of slot corner. But it's really hard to get some information on him, at least as far as, you know, in-depth type stuff that I typically like to look for. But one of the, the biggest things as far as if he gets taken and when is figuring out the answer to the question, why did he lose his final year of eligibility? That's sort of the big missing piece, and I don't think anything, any team is going to touch him until they know exactly why. And I'm sure the teams know. We don't know at this point. We might never know, but the teams probably know. But he violated some kind of a rule, and if it's something super egregious, they're not going to touch him. But he was a three-year starting safety, played 13 games um, all three years, 190 tackles, 11.5 tackles for a loss, no sacks. Had six picks, all six came his last two years. 17 pass deflections, two forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries. Uh, a couple more in-depth stats I was able to pull up um, from Pro Football Focus. As far as Pac-12 defensive backs while guarding in the slot, which is part of the reason I say it's kind of iffy. He did play in the slot quite a bit, which safeties do at times, but... It's a matter of where would he play in the NFL and whatnot. But his passer rating when targeted in the slot was the lowest of any defensive back in the Pac-12 at 51.5. The next lowest was 64.6 for Yakili Ross, I guess. I don't know. How about total defensive stops for returning Pac-12 safeties? Not returning anymore, but he had 21, number one. So if you look at his profile on the Draft Network, they talk a lot about or Benjamin Solak talks a lot about, um, essentially he's a prototypical safety that's very good in coverage, but is basically, I don't want to say useless, but not very good as far as run support, which doesn't really jive too well with the statistic that he has more run stops than anybody else. He's got to at least be somewhat good at it. Possibly they just played him close to the line of scrimmage, you know, a lot. And it is Washington State, so Washington State throws the ball a lot, so... If they score a lot of points, the other team has to throw. I, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think how you can kind of blend the two things together. In terms of would I like the pack, it's so hard to say. I don't know. First of all, I don't know enough, enough about him. But just in general, take the player away and say, would you be interested in going after a safety that is primarily going to be a cover guy that is going to be a free safety slash slot corner? First of all, I'd, I'd need to be able to reconcile the part where he has a ton of stops, yet, according to uh, Ben Solak, he's not very good as far as his ability to essentially play linebacker. I think that actually does hurt him, especially for the Green Bay... Oh, as far as the Green Bay Packers, there's two red flags. Number one, the Packers are looking for versatile players, guys that can do everything, right? You got to cover, but you got to bang. You got to be able to play back, you got to be able to play up. And if he doesn't have that kind of versatility, that's going to count against him for the Packers specifically. The second, of course, is the whole red flag thing. The Packers are pretty notorious for being much more hands-off on that kind of stuff than a lot of other teams. 
So if there were, let's say, eight teams that just said we're not touching them no matter what, I'm pretty sure the Packers would be one of those eight because that's just how they operate typically. On the flip side of that, I I, I mean, I'm always going to want better players. I'm, I'm going to lean that way more than anything. And to bring bring in that level of competition. Um, but specifically, I am concerned about our depth at safety. This would be a solution. But I also like his ability to play in the slot. And again, I don't know him, so I don't know. I don't have an opinion based on his play or his film because I've never watched it. I found one highlight video, which is the worst highlight video of all time. I hate highlight videos because it's, it's like... <laughs> You don't even have time to process what's going on. It's just somebody's running and it's this camera's going crazy and it's super zoomed in and then somebody makes a tackle. It's like, is he the guy that made the tackle? I don't even know. And then by the time I try to process what even happened, we're already done with the next clip. People are just garbage at those things. But his ability to play in the slot, I actually think is pretty beneficial. I know I'm, I'm more down on our corners than everybody else and you're probably tired of hearing me complain about it. But I, I would like to be able to bring in somebody else, and yes, we got Kadar Holman, but specifically in the slot, primarily because Jair is our slot guy. Kevin King is not a great slot guy. Josh Jackson has played a lot there. I, I don't think that's his primary place. I'm not sure Kadar is going to be a, a big slot contributor. Tony Brown is not a big slot guy. If Jair is going to be forced to the outside because other guys aren't really stepping up enough, and so Jair being our top guy is kind of forced to the outside, I wouldn't mind having a guy that can be depth at safety, but also can come in as a slot guy. Now, can he do that? I don't, I don't know, but who cares? The point is, he's coming in to compete to see if he can do those things. If he can, that's a huge win. The question is, what is it worth to see if he can do those things? And again, it, it's, a, it's a useless point for me to try to give an answer to that, because I don't know to what level, and maybe I'll talk about it more tomorrow if I find more information. However, in general, I think your odds of hitting a prospect, for example, in the seventh round, I'll give up a, I'd give up a seventh round pick for a snow cone, and I don't even really like snow cones that much. I, would, I just don't care. Seventh round picks don't do anything. I know you're going to pick out that one guy that did that one time. I get it. But if, if this guy is a real legitimate talent with some potential to contribute, definitely a seventh. Sixth, I think, is also kind of in that realm. So if the Packers give up a sixth for him, I'd probably be pretty excited. Um, but as we get further, it gets a little bit more complicated, right? First, second, third is untouchable unless this guy, I mean, well, it, let me put it this way. If the Packers do invest, let's say, a third-round pick, not going to be super happy because I'm obsessed with draft picks and I love the draft, and if we don't have a third-round pick, that's going to make me upset. But you again, you realize what the Packers believe they have in this guy. And then I'm going to get real excited because it's basically like we had another third-round pick just jump in here. But generally, that's untouchable. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Usually, guys don't go super early in the supplemental draft. There's talk that he could possibly go as high as the second round. Um, I'm, I'm reading an article um, about the 49ers here, and they're talking about how they believe he could be a second-round pick, which is just disgusting, by the way. It's very rare that that happens. But again, it just goes to show how talented this guy could be. But the 49ers don't have a second-round pick, so that you know the reporter, which maybe the guy's just talking out of his ear hole, but he's saying second-round value, potentially, if they really wanted him, could give up a first. I think that's dumb, and I don't think there's any... If, if, if the Packers did it, I don't care how good the guy is, I'm going to be mad. I just don't want to do that. You know, I, and obviously, we, we, and, th- and that's the other thing too. If we're talking about okay, this guy's probably going to go in the second round. Do, do we really want to invest that much in a guy in a safety? What we're talking about here is a backup. 
we want to get a back we want to get depth and, and especially if this guy's not going to be playing in the box that means we're essentially going to be drafting him starting him and pushing Amos down into the box on occasion when we do have three safeties so I don't know I I, I guess in summary considering we don't we don't really need a starting safety it kind of becomes how far is he going to fall and um, if there isn't a lot of other talent in the supplemental draft or if, if it, you know, it starts to get kind of crazy and he goes, I, I would assume it's not first round. Let's say he goes second round, third round, whatever. Um, then it's, I would rather the Packers just not touch him. If we're getting into the fourth and fifth round, it's kind of, again, I covered the picks, but it's a hesitant maybe. Sixth or seventh round, just do it. I mean, you can't even trade a seventh round pick. It's not worth anything. I mean, if you're in the third round, you want to move up and you try to give up a seventh, it's not even going to bump you up one spot. It's useless. But my assumption is going to be somebody's going to take him. They're going to take him relatively early, and the Packers aren't even going to look at him. Especially considering we have safeties brand new. Um, we have concerns with him breaking some kind of rules. I think you're going to find a team that's maybe a little bit more desperate, especially a team that maybe is feeling like they're on the cusp. Maybe a team like the Chiefs, they don't have a ton of picks, but they got a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. If they really wanted to, they could take a swing. They got Tyron Matthew, but he's playing strong safety. Might make sense to go get that, uh, you know, the, the, the free safety, especially, well, I don't know, they got Fuller in the slot, but they need defensive help. And they're kind of knocking at the wind, you know, knocking at the gate a little bit, and it's just going to go downhill from here. It's not going to get better. Pat Mahomes is going to be getting a payday. Travis Kelsey every year is getting a year older. You lost your running back. There's questions and concerns with your wide receiver. So go all in while you can. Strike while the iron's hot. As for the Packers, they would not be top of my list of teams that are going to take a swing at this guy. Just just my thought. We'll see what happens. In other news, there's more drummed up drama. It's not actually drama, but I'm sure it you know, already is more than it should be and probably will be even more so in the near future. But Randall Cobb has made comments essentially saying that he was somewhat hurt by the way that he exited the Green Bay Packers because they never even made him an offer. He went on to say, it's like the ex-girlfriend that broke up with you. When you see her five years later, you hope you're in a better situation than when you were before. Uh, Married, kids, you're able to say, yeah, I did better without you, right? So there's the whole, there's the narrative right there. And Packer fans get all mad and everybody plays off it. Randall Cobb left. He's mad. He hates the Packers. He wants to come back and just smash it in their face. Ha! And I... (laughs) Yeah, all right, that's not cool from our perspective. But what's the alternative? The Green Bay Packers chose not to bring him back because they're saying to Randall Cobb, not necessarily directly, but they're saying it, you're not worth the money anymore. You can't produce. We don't believe that you have the ability to play at the level we need you to play at. If that wasn't true, he would have been still wearing the green and gold. Now, from a business sense, everybody understands what this is, that it's not a personal assault. And even Randall Cobb went on to, at some point, talk about how he understands it's sort of the business side of things. But as an individual in that situation, what are you supposed to do? The statement was already made, you're not good enough. He has to step up and say, yes, I am, and I'll show you. If he doesn't adopt that mentality, he's not even going to get his paltry one-year, $5 million deal, which, by the way, as a Packer fan who has appreciated Randall Cobb for so long, the fact that he's 28 and can't muster up more than a one-year, $5 million deal, that's pretty bad. I mean, that doesn't speak super highly. I know he's a slot receiver, but he's only 28 years old. If this guy was in his prime, this would be a four-year contract for 
nine, ten million a year. But the fact of the matter is, this is going to be a game that's... I mean, and, and it adds some excitement to it. I mean, this is going to be a crazy year, man. Week one, Chicago Bears in Chicago, which is crazy enough as it is. It's the first game of the season on Thursday night. So, first game, that's crazy. Thursday night, prime time, that's crazy. First time we get to see LaFleur's offense in action. First time we get to see a lot of these guys. It's Amos versus HaHa. It's It's everything, every kind of narrative you can imagine is in this game. Then we go home and face the Minnesota Vikings, another really crazy game. Then we stay home to face the Denver Broncos, another really good defense. Then we place the Eagles, maybe the best team in that entire division. That's another Thursday night game, another primetime game, second Thursday night game in four weeks. Then right after that, we go on the road to Dallas to go up against the Dallas Cowboys and Randall Cobb. I mean, this is, you know, it's nice that we have mostly home games to start the season, but this is not an easy stretch of road, man. Not only have they made improvements on their defense, and yeah, you can count me in the camp that thinks Dak Prescott is overrated. I always kind of have. I also think Ezekiel Elliott's overrated, but, you know, whatever. Bottom line is they still have a very talented offensive line. Dak Prescott is good enough. Ezekiel Elliott is definitely good enough. They've got Amari Cooper, and the team has proven to be fairly talented um, once he joined, they started getting much better. Cooper had some really good weeks. They got Michael Gallup going into his second year, and now Randall Cobb in the slot. That's a tough offense, and their defense has also stepped up in a big way. They got Lawrence off the edge. They got probably the best linebacking tandem in the NFL. I don't even know if that's super arguable. Byron Jones and Chidobia Wuzie. I mean, it, it, this is a good team. And you got to fire it up Randall Cobb trying to show us some stuff. And again, it gets back to the question of, okay, who's our slot guy? I have to assume Amari Cooper is going to be lined up with Jair. So Michael Gallup is going to be what? Kevin King? Hopefully. I mean, hopefully because I'm just hoping he can step up and be that number two guy by week four or five or what week five we're in. So what, Josh Jackson against Cobb? I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough and it's going to be fun, but let's just keep it that way, I guess is all I'm trying to say. There's no reason to take it over into crazy town. He hates the Packers now. He just wants to, of course he wants to win. Of course he wants to prove the Packers wrong. Of course, of course, of course. He wants to win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. He's not going home rooting for the Packers. Maybe week one when he's sitting at home watching the game, he's rooting for the Packers. But let's not make this what it isn't. It's going to make this game much more exciting and fun to watch. By the way, after that five-week stretch, we get a home game against the Lions and a home game against Oakland. I'm not going to make any sweeping generalizations and assume we're going to beat the Lions or the Raiders, but I think we've got a good chance of coming away with two wins in week six and seven. So in those five weeks, I really hope we can pull off three. I mean, I'd, I'd like to be 7-0 and after week seven, but realistically, we got to squeeze a few out here because if we can't, then we got Detroit and Oakland, and instead of saying, let's hope we can stack to our win total, we're saying if we lose to these guys, we're in a lot of trouble, because after that, week eight is against the Chiefs, week nine is against the Chargers. That is tough. Well, it's tough as of now. We'll see what happens. Every year, we make assumptions about what teams are going to be good, and they just aren't, but we'll see. Either way, though, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Randall Cobb. I'm excited to play against Randall Cobb, to be on the opposite side of that. Hopefully, he doesn't perform those kinds of miracles like he did against the Bears for us against us he's got a knack for just closing out a game anyways in a final bit of not even news something I would like to do a friend of mine and I have decided to do a taco bet not entirely sure how this works but at the end of the day I'm pretty sure both of us are just going to eat a lot of tacos 
But essentially what we did is we came up with bold predictions for the season. What I would like to hear and see from you, and I will make a post about this, so that will be up before this uh, audio even gets posted. But I want to know some bold predictions. And specifically, these are player-specific bold predictions. So not the, the one thing I was considering doing is the Packers have more sacks than any other team in the NFC North. But that's not a player. That's a team defense. Let me know what you got in terms of bold predictions for players. This could be a long shot guy who makes the roster, could be yards, could be touchdowns, whatever. You know how to do this. Let me know what you think. Otherwise, I'm going to cut it there. This is unbelievably short. I feel like I've been talking for a long time. But it's Sunday, and I've got one thing I want to talk about. I'm going to save it for tomorrow. And, you know, it's a weekend. Leave me alone. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Sunday. I'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Have a good one. 